0: Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to wrap up this four-part series on goal setting? We're going to dive into the accountability roadmap. Before we do... I have a funny story to share, and since we will be talking about maps and getting around from location to location, I have a semi-relevant story. It's really funny to some people that would find the axe murderer story funny. I was not laughing at all when this happened, but let's just tell it, and if you have small children listening to this, it's okay to hear it. But it might be a little bit gross, so maybe just have the mute button ready to go. Okay, here you go. No matter how many times I read the story of the tortoise and the hare, that rabbit never beats the turtle. That goes in cleaning, too. I've had this story saved for quite a while, trust me. Wondering if I'd ever have the guts, pun intended, you'll see what I mean, to tell it. Here you go. Again, hit that mute button if you think you might gross out small children. And do not listen to this before any meal. Okay. A certain client had indoor outdoor cats. While indoors, this cat would lounge around. And while outdoors, they would hunt. They find all kinds of stuff. You can probably see where this story is going. The owner would routinely find dead mice or sometimes chipmunks in the house or the back sun ports that the cats would catch. They'd play with them, aka torture them and kill them. From time to time, I would find a dead mouse or three. No big deal. Sometimes the mice wouldn't have a head. And I'll tell you, mice cannot function too well without a head. You know that? It's true. Ken, can you cat sit for me? Well, of course, I would say yes, because it was a way to serve my client. You know, I'm big on that. And he happened to pay me handsomely for showing up for a week while he was out of country to feed the cats and to pet them. I even arranged to do the cleaning on the final day. You know, if I was going to be there five or six days every day, filling up the bowls of food, water, cleaning out the bowls, petting them. The last day I would arrange to make that my cleaning day as well because I was a bi-weekly cleaning so it usually worked out pretty well. Okay, here's the part where you stop if you get squeamish. I had taken care of the cats for a few different days and now it was the cleaning day. So I showed up and something was different. There was an unpleasant odor that I sensed. A whining sound was coming from the bathroom. So I kind of stopped the cleaning of the food and Followed the sound to the bathroom. The door was closed, which was unusual. The house checked out, except for the sounds and the smell from the bathroom behind that closed door. Don't open it. Don't open it. I repeated to myself, please. But I knew that I had to. The house owner was in Puerto Rico, which was a little bit farther than... He could get to help being that this was upstate New York and I was in his house and he was in a different country. So I knew I had to. What if the cat was in trouble? It was whining. I think it was the cat. Somehow it had gotten into the bathroom and locked itself in. I don't know. Hey, remember Jinx the cat from Meet the Parents? That little bugger could turn, turn doorknobs and flush toilets. Well, if Jinx the cat can do it, then I'm sure little Rudy the cat could do it too. I opened... The door. That's the best Friday the 13th impression I can do. Nightmare on the street, Alfred Hitchcock, you name it. The scene in front of me about made me lose my cookies right there. Right in the center of the bathroom floor was the decapitated body of a rabbit. Blood marks on the marble tile. Little flies buzzing around. Stench. Among the bloodstains were tiny red paw prints on the tile and on the bathtub. That's when my ears started working again and not hearing the horror movie theme music. I heard the meow and the whine of the guilty party. Little Rudy laying in the basin of the tub. He was locked in to the bathroom and he was playing a little game of... Basketball or football or whatever cats do with rabbit heads. I don't know, but it was nasty. I promise. I wish I made this up. I wish that I didn't tell the story in total truth, that I am not embellishing it. I wish I was... I'm telling you, even this story will not do justice to the twisting and writhing my stomach was doing that day. Shout out to Harry Potter fans, you know the port key and the way that your body would feel like you're getting sucked through a vacuum cleaner—the writhing and the, and the sucking. Well, my body felt something like that if I were ever going through a port key, except I wanted to vomit also at the same time. It was a horrible, horrible situation for me. The cat looked at me, saying. Hey, sucker, you better get cleaning. (laughs) Then he burst out of the bathroom now that I opened the door, leaving me with remains of Bugs Bunny after Elmer finally won. Well, maybe not Bugs Bunny. And maybe it was just the tortoise that had finally beaten the hare to death. I don't know. Here's what I did. I called the owner immediately, frantic. But he was out of country, what would you do? Because he didn't answer the phone, he was in Puerto Rico. So I put my gloves on, obviously, and a mask on, put the carcass in the trash bag, and took it to the cans outside. Then I got my strongest bleach and sprayed the heck out of that bathroom and let it soak for an hour. I stayed away, still fighting to keep my cookies. I returned after cleaning the rest of the house to clean the bathroom. This is the closest I've ever gotten to quitting my business. The good news is that the owner finally got word of what had happened and was so apologetic. He gave me a huge tip. I didn't ask for that, but it was cool that he did. And we laughed about it ever since. You just never know what you may find in someone else's home. Told you it was a good one. Okay, you can tune back in now for an accountability roadmap. Get you away from death and destruction. Let's get into health and getting your business from death to life. All right, I don't know what's possessed me to be so sick with my stories lately between I See Dead People and The Tortoise Always Wins. Death has been the common theme in my funny stories lately. I apologize if I've grossed you out or made you want to tune out of this podcast. Hopefully, they were funny enough or interesting enough that you're still with me because I want to spend the next 10 minutes on a fast track to give you an accountability roadmap. Let's wrap up this four-part series on goal-setting. Let's start with this. You know your why. You know why goals are important. You know what a SMART goal is now, which connects the tangible to the intangible why. But you need a pathway. You need a map. So we're gonna go through the different pieces of the accountability roadmap that I use. And I teach this too in the smart cleaning tribe that I facilitate and run where these are very strong, growing cleaning companies from all levels, from solo to seven figure, and they still need help with accountability. And so this is something that we do every month in there. We set smart goals and we hold each other accountable. And here's the roadmap that we use. I want you to try and give yourself an internal picture. Imagine a vehicle on the road that's sitting on a map, literally sitting on a map with a destination and dotted lines. We're gonna go through what each of the components of this map and vehicle are so you can visualize this. Start with this, knowing your numbers tells you where you are now on that map. You've gotta know your numbers, it's so important. You've gotta get your profit and loss. If you use QuickBooks or FreshBooks or any other online accounting system, get it updated, know your numbers. Your why determines where you want to go And it's the inspiration or the fuel to your vehicle. Remember, the R from the SMART goal sets the direction to reach your destination. Go back to that map. I live in Philadelphia area. What if you know your numbers and that puts you on a map with a big X that represents Philadelphia? And you're in your car and you want to go to Los Angeles. That's a really far drive. And it's a big, long dotted line. But you have to start somewhere. And you need to... Figure out what that destination is. That's your Y. That's the R. And it sets the direction of how you're going to get there. The S, M, A, and the T from SMART, remember specific, measurable, attainable, and time-bound, these determine the actual dotted line that you take connecting where you are now to where you want to go. And this dotted line, I recommend that you pick the straightest path possible. So now you've got a location of where you are, The destination of where you want to go, you've got the vehicle, which is your cleaning company. And you've got your Y, which is your fuel for the car to keep you inspired. You know the place you want to go. And the rest of the smarkle determines the dotted line and how straight of a line for you to get there. There it is right in front of you. Your map is set. But you can't be by yourself. You need an accountability partner they sit in the passenger seat to make sure that you don't veer off the path and you stay as straight as possible toward the destination. Okay, we're entrepreneurs, glittery, shiny objects. Oh, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. We're in St. Louis, but we take a squirrel path and we end up in Texas or North Dakota, which would be way worse. Sorry, North Dakotans. Oh, and I forgot to mention... Your car may have gas, but there's something that you need to make the car roll because if gas in the car, which is your why, if you don't have something to roll the car, you're not going to get too far. We need wheels. So let's talk about a imagery of what the wheel represents. My friend Courtney Wisely, a Rescue My Maid service, had a rescue retreat beginning of December of 2019. I was invited in. I shared this on a previous podcast to teach this stuff, smart goals, accountability, how to do this, an accountability roadmap. And from that, I learned so many things of what really connected with people about goals and accountability. I've been putting that in this four-part series. So I have also created a free masterclass, which I'll link in the show notes here, which goes through in depth what the wheel is. So I'll just give the high-level summary. Think of it like this, a wheel with three, four, five, six, seven spokes on it. Each spoke represents something that you want to improve upon or a part of your business. And so if you can put little one, two, three, four, five ticky marks on each spoke, essentially, if you could grade yourself on each of these spokes and connect the dots. Example, maybe you'd have goal setting and accountability as one of your spokes. Maybe you have cleaning efficiency is one of your spokes and finances is one of your spokes and marketing is one of your spokes, etc. And you grade yourself, well, I got a one here and a three here and a five here. If you connect all those dots, it's gonna make a jaggedy looking thing. It's not gonna spin too well. And so if you can focus on setting goals and being accountable to actually having a wheel, being balanced. So if you have four, five, six spokes on it, if it's all ones, at least it's round, and it will roll. It'll roll slower, it'll take you longer. I recommend getting up to fives, it'll roll faster. You'll get to your destination faster. But definitely check out the free masterclass I mentioned, and you'll see illustrations of this wheel in reference to... Larger companies that are growing and how they can take the different components of their business and put them on a wheel. And since I try so hard to relate the podcast to the funny papers here, how about that hare and the tortoise in that story? The hare had all fives and it was running as fast as it could. The tortoise was all twos. The tortoise had a smaller wheel than the hare. But one problem, the, the hare had arrogance and lazy. And so one of its spokes... Had a one. And so instead of it being a perfect circle, it had fives, but one little indentation. So it kind of wobbled. It was like fast, but then it went thump, thump, thump. And the turtles was perfectly rounded too. And eventually it won. So there you go. I connected the story to the lesson. Yay. Good job, Ken. I move on to the accountability piece now. So what is an accountability partner? You've probably heard this term thrown around there. I looked it up on dictionaries and I really liked. What Wikipedia had as a definition, an accountability partner is a person who coaches another person in terms of helping the other person keep a commitment. An accountability partner is a person who coaches another person in terms of helping the other person keep a commitment. I said that twice on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. It's important. Another quote I like, The enemy of accountability is ambiguity. Patrick Lencioni. Great quote. Another great quote, From a friend of mine, Nick Pavlidis, people don't pay me for information, they can get that other places. They pay me for access and implementation and also for accountability around that information being implemented. So who do you choose as an accountability partner now that you know what it is? Here's what I recommend. Someone that you look up to, admire, respect, someone that stretches you. This creates respect, accountability. You don't want to let them down. You become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So don't choose someone that isn't in life where you want to go. And it doesn't have to be someone that's ahead of you in life. It just has to be someone that you can learn from or someone at the same place as you with similar goals. This creates competitive accountability. You're still not going to want to let them down. But the irony is that you will work harder not let your accountability partner down, then you will work for yourself. It's human nature. It really is. So imagine if you could combine the two and have respect accountability and competitive accountability. Oh, that's powerful. Now, let me share some accountability examples in my own life just so you can see how this plays out. And we'll end the episode and we'll end this four-part series. In 2016, I was challenged with a personal goal. I was using the Freedom Journal by John Lee Dumas, and I'll throw that in the show notes as well. But I set my 100-day SMART goal to connect with influencers every single day for 100 days. I had no idea what this would produce, but I wanted to build my network and get out of my local area and start being a national name. And it was important to me. So I started doing these emails every day, and it got hard. 10 days in, 20 days in, I had to find people. It was difficult And my buddy, Vincent, who I've mentioned many times in this show, he said, I'm going to hold you accountable. I want you to send me an email every single night of who you sent the email to and why. I said, all right, let's do it. So at the end of every night, I would send an accountability email to Vincent. Hey, I got this done. I sent the email to this person. Here's what else I did in my business. And I'll tell you what, it was a respect accountability. I didn't want to let him down. And so I had a few nights where it was like late and I didn't do it. And I realized I had to send an email and I did not want to send the email that said no updates today. I did not want to let him down. So I got out of bed, found someone to email and I emailed them and I did this for hundred days. Ultimately, it's what ended up getting me acquainted with John Lee Dumas. He was one of my hundred and I was able to get on his show, Entrepreneur on Fire, just about eight months later. And just amazing how that worked out. I'm so thankful that John Lee Dumas invited me to be on his show. It was a great experience. And it, it really is something that I was, that, that came from those 100 days. So that's one example of accountability. Another one I've already shared in my introduction episode with Kwame Christian, who I met at Podcast Movement Orlando this year, where he challenged me, Hey, Kent, so when are you start your podcast, I said, Well, I'm not sure. I'll try and get to it next year. He said, How about now? I said, All right, let's do it. And I told that story. And I was committed to sending him an email every Friday afternoon for, I think, about a month and a half until I hit the goal of launching this podcast. And I did. The accountability emails every Friday. I didn't want to let Kwame down. I respected him. He challenged me. I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want to say no update this week. I wanted to share what I got done. tell you what, accountability is very powerful. I'm going to share another one too. It doesn't have to be in business. I have a great friend, Billy Altman, and there was a point where I needed help in my marriage. And he helped me where every single week we would talk once a week and he would help me and there were some things I wanted to change and make get better and you know what he did he was there for me and whenever I had a problem or I had a question or if I felt I might fall prey to 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 some kind of a temptation he was there for me and over the course of a couple of years my marriage has improved so much because of my accountability with Billy I didn't want to let him down ironically I It's like I didn't let my wife down or myself down, but I didn't want to let Billy down. It's really amazing how that works. And ultimately, it worked out so good. My marriage is so much better. My friendship with Billy is very strong. And the final example I'll share is happening right now as we speak. My buddy, John Vandermulen of VDM Partners. He's an Amazon selling guru. He teaches some cool stuff. Definitely check out his group. I'll link that in the show. So If you're interested in selling on Amazon, you know, you can go and, Places like Walmart, Target, find certain items and sell them for a profit. It's legal through Amazon. It's called Retail Arbitrage. He teaches that, plus how to do private label. He's really smart. So him and I are doing, he's in my mastermind. So the two of us have a daily text, Monday through Friday, around 4.30, 5 o'clock p.m. We send each other a message with what we got done that day toward our number one smart goal in 2020. And I'm still working mine out right now. But I will tell you, it is going to be related to building this solo cleaning business in the Philadelphia area to one that I can be proud of, one that I had done before in New York. I want to prove to all you guys that I can do it. So keep following me. I have several episodes where I share... And I track the growth of my solo cleaning business. And that's a major goal. And I'll share that with you in an upcoming episode. But just know that's something I'm doing. And the accountability piece is going to help me hold myself to the fire. Well, that's it. That wraps up the four-part series on goal setting. I definitely recommend you check out my free masterclass that I've referenced a few times. It will be in the show notes. It's about an hour long. And I believe it'll help you get a good grip on what this accountability roadmap looks like. You'll see how the wheel works. So go ahead and find yourself an accountability partner and build that type of endurance that you need to win. Get those smart goals, get your why, and get winning for your family. Thank you for listening to this four-part series on goal setting. And again, go check out that masterclass. I really think it'll help you a ton. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School class is dismissed.